Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I found this website the other day, whiteamericangrants.org. I wanted to see what you think of it. It says, finding grants for white businesses today can appear quite challenging for many. However, we are here to change that. If you run a white-owned business, you have options when it comes to accessing grants that you need to start and grow your business. Now that 2022 is finally here, we can now begin to explore grant opportunities for white business owners looking to start a business or grow one. Grants for white business owners received some publicity with the $50 billion Corporate Americans contribution to white-owned interests. We are committed to unraveling the grant opportunities that white business owners can access in terms of funding for white-owned businesses. Limited business grants are available for white American businesses. However, the process of sourcing and applying for one can be quite challenging for many. Here at whiteamericangrants.org, we are committed to providing you with valuable information to help you with accessing white business grants. We have listed helpful, revised, and updated grants that you can apply for today. This site actually continues with a, a table of contents that includes sections on what a white business is, um, white small business grants, uh, another section, White Business Development Agency Business Grants, uh, FedEx Small Business Grant Contest, the National Association of White Accountants, uh, How to Support White-Owned Businesses, How to Find White-Owned Businesses in Your Area, and Why Support White-Owned Businesses. These are all sections that you can visit on the site. Now, what about this organization rubs you the wrong way? Does, does this group sound racist in any way? Well, this is a real website and an organization with one exception. I changed the race from black to white. So you have a website that is exclusively for black-owned businesses and grants or basically free money given to Black-owned businesses. And no one considers that racist. Well, very few anyway. But if you change the word Black to white, then that can really, really get you going when it comes to, oh, this is a racist thing. This month is Black History Month. We started out this week on Monday with a podcast talking uh, about whether or not Black History Month is racist or not. We talked about how Black leaders and politicians have been using equity instead of equality as proof of systemic racism in this country. 
if something is 13% um, black, um, like for instance, there's, you know, 13% of the population is black. Then if, if there's something that isn't 13% black, then that's proof of racism. Now that's what they call equity. Instead of looking at whether or not there is equal opportunity of all races, that would be equality. Now, let's apply this to real life. If you're looking at equity as proof of racism, and if, and if that is correct, then we can just simply apply it to all things, right? According to racial uh, uh, equality activist Richard Lapchik, he, he said that the NBA in 2020 was composed of 74.2% black players. 74.2, white players, 2.2% Latino players uh, and of, of any race within that Latino column, and 0.4% Asian players. I think there's like one. There were 6.3% of the players classified as other races. Now, this means if we're applying this equally, or equity, <laughs> this means that blacks are overrepresented in the NBA by 61%. They're overrepresented by 61% in the NBA. It also means that whites are underrepresented by 46%. And if you look at Latinos at 16% and Asians at 5.5% underrepresented, it, it, it's, it's very disturbing. This is definitely proof of Asian hate in the NBA. This is definitely proof of systemic racism on all levels in the NBA. And it needs to be dismantled and reimagined. At the very least, we need to have reparations in the form of higher salaries and contracts for non-black players in the NBA. Now, <laughs> of course, this is totally ridiculous. But why? Why is this totally ridiculous? Because equity is not proof of racism. What is racist is affirmative action, where people are given special privileges based on the color of their skin. Now, in an article entitled, Why Affirmative Action is Racist and Un-American, um, an article came out in The Federalist uh, by Berlin Fang, and, th and this actually dates back a couple years to May of 2019. But he says, unless you have big bucks to hire organizations like key worldwide foundation to fix your application uh, to, to, get, get, to get you into Yale University, most Asian students in America fight an uphill battle in college applications. The Asian obsession with Ivy Leagues is ridiculous, but so is the college's obsession to keep them out, often using affirmative action or practices aspired by it. In, in this light, I applaud 
Texas Tech Medical School's recent decision to stop using race in its admissions at the request of the U.S. Department of Education. And I hope it is the beginning of the end of affirmative action or AA policy and practices across the country. I am a strong believer in racial equality and cultural diversity. And AA is the wrong approach. Now, affirmative action is advancing some at the expense of others based on race. AA was originally created to provide equal opportunity for all qualified persons. It has been reduced nowadays to a mere vehicle towards greater diversity on superficial levels. At the sacrifice of other principles that make America a great nation, including equality and fairness for all. AA has has evolved into a great irony in American life to strengthen some groups' ability for social mobility. Other groups have to yield, stop, or be run over. In college admissions, affirmative action practices have created reverse discrimination for white Americans and blatant racism against Asian Americans. Supporters of the policy often deny the presence of racial quotas when colleges use AA in admissions. But given the limited seats available, members of some groups are pushed aside to allow others in. Elite colleges want us to believe it is not a zero-sum game, but it is. When race is used in admission decisions, it creates, at best, an illusion of diversity. Diversity should be a quality, not a quantity. At at its worst, such artificially created diversity sets one race against another and therefore loses its ability to enhance racial harmony. Instead, it breeds resentment and hostility. Affirmative action is hitting Asian Americans especially hard. Many Asian American families focus on using schooling to achieve social mobility, But when Asian American students have high test scores, some admissions officers paint them as nerds who do not have the leadership skills and do not care about community service. Getting a good grade, in which many cases reflects self-discipline, hard work, and a culture of growth, sometimes instead defines Asian students as less capable of anything else, which, of course, is not true. Affirmative action is also misguided, as it could favor a a rich black doctor's kids at the expense of poor Asian kid. It could push back a, a kid from a struggling white family to give way to a Latino banker's kid. No universities would argue. We do not only look at race, but admission preferences are holistic is what they would say. Unfortunately, holistic admission can be easily used as an excuse to justify stricter criteria for American uh, Asian Americans. And the term carries the hidden bias that Asians are less holistic as human beings. Nothing reinforces stereotypes more than AA policies in, in this day and age. Every single racial group has faced discrimination. Supporters of AA policy may have a good intention 
of providing remedies for past wrongs and, and injustices such as slavery. However, I do not see why we should ignore other wrongs different people groups have suffered. Japanese Americans may have uh, a you know grandfathers or, or grandmothers thrown into uh, concentration camps in, in World War II. Vietnamese Americans may have come from families whose homes were burned to the ground from airdrop bombs. Then there are descendants of Chinese railroad workers and those who were denied employment due to the Chinese Exclusion Act. The you know po- political weaponization of history cherry picks which historical injustices to care about instead of supporting equality of of justice for all it's time to stop such condescending favors focus instead on creating a fair environment for each racial or ethnic group to thrive aa is the least American of all contemporary policies. It is more reminiscent of the planning economy of communist countries, where the ruling classes get to allocate resources based on their decisions about what their countries and people need. AA is the racism of the 21st century. Caught in the crossfire in America's war of races, Asians sometimes become easy losers. AA abounds in hidden racial biases against groups it obsessively tries to help. It's bigoted to assume people can't achieve due to race. AA supporters act as if they do not believe that each race has an equal chance of nurturing smart kids to to compete at the same level. It is a supremacy mindset for AA supporters to, of, a, of a majority group to, to assume certain minority groups cannot compete using the same criteria. Supporters often worry that if American abolishes AA, elite colleges and organizations may be overrun with Asian students and become immediately inaccessible to certain other groups. And in the short term, this might happen. As AA has become a crutch, for some groups at some institutions. When crutches are removed, people often wobble. However, social dynamics will cause things to self-balance in the long run, creating true and organic diversity. Rather than administering AA during college admission, job placement, or even grant applications, focus more on fighting inequity in elementary school when basic Education needs uh, are, are met earlier. The social mobility depends more on one's grit, effort, motivation, and many other factors that are not dis- distributing along racial or ethnic lines. Now, I would even add in here, one of the best ways of doing this is setting up school choice. But let's get back. AA creates a fixed mindset. That because one is born into a specific group, one is entitled to certain privileges such as lowered criteria. Such thinking weakens the competitiveness of the groups it seeks to help, builds barriers for other groups, and creates tensions between groups. It is time for Americans to bury this dated and counterproductive policy. 
And uh, there was a, uh, a really interesting article that really kind of talked uh, more about how uh, we see the world and, and what kind of things we see in the world when it comes to these white supremacist countries. If, if our country is systemically racist, which means that you know, we have no hope unless we tear the whole thing down and rebuild it. Um, it. It's interesting to look around the world right now and see what we see in, in that eye. And from um, returnofkings.com, John Carver wrote an article actually back in 2017. He says, all across the world, uh, the Western world, but mostly notably the United States, we keep on hearing about how awful white supremacy is. Apparently, White people, and particularly white men, have too much political power in society. <laughs> they keep keep taking all the best jobs. They keep taking all the best movie roles and have an, an affinity for beating up uh, black men on the streets for no reason via the modern-day slave patrol or police force. Rather than acknowledging that political power tends to come naturally with the majority demographics, uh, lucrative jobs favor a culture which emphasizes good education and marketable skills. The movie industry is actually exceedingly Jewish, and black criminal responsibility is equally as important as police brutality. White society just needs to regularly be browbeaten and demonized at any chance by social justice warriors and their Marxist media platforms. White men who are right-wing, homosexual, or I'm sorry, heterosexual, and Christian are particularly sidelined for criticism and scorn and treated like they are all, you know, closet Ku Klux Klan members and Nazis in their private lives. This, quote, white supremacist power structure is treated like it's the scourge of the modern age, and it must be dismantled, i.e. white men removed from positions of power and influence around the globe at all costs, of course. Because according to the social justice warriors, everybody suffers from white supremacy, even other white people, which, of course, seems rather odd. However, are uh, there, these are four key points that white supremacy has the as 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 the left describes it is a farce. White supremacy is a good thing and it should be celebrated in the same way the left thinks meaningless diversity should be celebrated. Now, please note that the frequent use of white supremacy here is meant to be tongue in cheek and to mock social justice warrior publications, uh, you know, overuse of the term. Uh, additionally, uh, in, in the definition of white supremacy in this case, uh, it is not to denote a, a country where whites are su superior or have special privileges, okay? So let's get into this. Number one, they have the world's highest standard of living. White supremacist countries like Norway, uh, Austria, Australia, uh, West, uh, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland, Germany, Netherlands, New Zealand, Switzerland, and Canada, and even the United States, all share the distinction 
of having the world's highest standards of living. In these countries where people of Northern European extraction uh, predominate, infrastructure is reliable and well-maintained, corruption is low, civil rights and liberties are high, technical innovation is high, jobs um, are on the cutting edge, and hospitals and universities are world-class. To put it mildly, they just work. (laughs) On the other hand, much of the rest of the world's nations vary in their levels of infrastructural uh, education and, and political dysfunction. Additionally, these countries are often plagued with grinding poverty, substandard health care, poor job um, prospects, and questionable civil liberties for the common citizenry. Even in the wealthy Northeast Asian countries, which don't allow foreign uh, migrants beyond some token numbers, many people in those lands still desire to move to white Western countries for greater variety of employment opportunities, access um, access to much more spacious housing, to escape cutthroat standards of conformity, and to embrace the West's much greater respect for individualism, which, of course, helps foster people like Thomas Edison and Elon Musk and types. The various peoples of the entire world reap innumerable benefits by living within a nation which is considered white supremacists. Number two, they have the world's lowest levels of racism and intolerance. Cultural Marxist agendas constantly try to insinuate that white Westerners are very intolerant as well. Uh, just, just, just act sort of outright cunning towards non-whites and non-Christian foreigners. This is absolutely not the case. And countries which are, which, which are demographic white supremacists are in fact the most tolerant and most accommodating nations on the entire planet. For example, the Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden, Uruguay, Australia, Finland, New Zealand, Iceland, Canada, were, were named the world's 10 most tolerant countries. All of these nations are white supremacists in their racial and religious, like Christian, demographics. By comparison, even the wealthy nations of Northeast Asia express their intolerance and unaccommodating nature by accessing hardly any immigrants. And some even forbid foreign tourists of any race from using many hotels or shops at very, and, and, and allowing them to shop at various locations throughout the country. Well, that's not very nice, is it? As for many black or Muslim countries, don't even get us started. African countries like Liberia clearly state in their constitution that only people of black African ancestry can become citizens, while not a single white country on earth has such racist clauses any anymore at all. Furthermore, Muslim nations are among the most intolerant and barbaric. Women cannot show their faces or drive in Saudi Arabia. Homosexuals can be killed in many Muslim nations. Um, uh, apostasy can be uh, punished by death. Gay marriage is legalized pretty much 
nowhere. <laughs> and non-Muslim minority groups like the Coptic Christians of, of Egypt are treated like second-class citizens at best. White countries, with all their guaranteed freedoms of religion and expression uh, on offer, and, and the great liberties that women, homosexuals, and other groups enjoy, don't sound so bad, do they? <laughs> White Christian societies made all of those liberties happen. And number two, I'm sorry, number three, they have the world's best salaries and career opportunities. As you can see from the preceding factoids, via living in a white supremacist country, African Americans enjoy the highest annual earnings of any highly populous, populous black population in the entire world, and by a considerable margin. As politically incorrect as it may sound, and with no desire to cause hurt feelings, there is not a single truly prosperous and high-income black country elsewhere on the entire planet. People from all over the world desire to relocate to one of the many white countries as they offer a level of career advancement along with their generous um, corresponding salaries, which are essentially non-existent in their home nations. In fact, certain non-white uh, ethnicities, uh, Indians and Chinese, for example, uh, in white supremacies, even higher uh, average salaries than the white majorities there. While the irony of the situation is that their ancestral homelands are noisy, polluted, and low income. The, the, the benefits of having a generous income cannot be understated. An abundance of money offers peace of mind in that healthy, you know, the, the fact that you can get healthy food uh, and then it'll be on the table every night. Um, the rent or mortgage will be paid, the, the motor vehicle will be full of gas, and, and that much desired overseas uh, trip can be paid for. White supremacist countries offer this kind of economic security, which is lacking in most of the world. And speaking of traveling overseas, number four, the citizens have the most visa-free travel. When you are a, the citizen of an uh, economically prosperous country with a strong human rights record and a representative government, um, i.e. most countries promenaded by people in Northern Europe extraction, uh, you are rewarded with a privileged passport, which offers well over 150 countries that they can visit either visa-free or visa on arrival at worst. Why? Because the citizens of, of those countries, most of which are people that that don't get in trouble while they're there or, you know, don't want to get uh, come in and stay and, and be illegal in those countries. As you can see from the preceding four points, white supremacy isn't, you know, really isn't so bad after all. You know, the butthurt social justice warriors are are many various factions and, and they seem to be complaining about all of these things all the time. But we don't exactly see them filling out their forms to move to Liberia or return to whatever third world nation they originally came from or try to escape white supremacy or carve out a successful career in any considerable numbers. Why? Because life is good, healthy, functional, um, accommodating, innovative, financially abundant and, and tolerant in white supremacy countries. 
and it is the white European natives that, and their and majority white settlers in the United States, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, which made all of these wonderful things possible. And it made them possible for non-Europeans in the first place. In short, the left has gone all wrong. White supremacy is not a horrible thing. White supremacy countries are, in fact, a fantastic thing for everyone who lives in one. Now, now you may agree, you may not agree with this tongue-in-cheek article, but the point remains the same. If social justice warriors truly believe what they were saying when they would not be, you know, they, they wouldn't be spending their time on areas of the world that are truly the least racist. Where, where are the feminists when it comes to Muslim countries, for instance, that treat women lower than dogs or who kill homosexuals? Where, um, where are these these feminists and these social justice warriors um, when when you see these Muslim com- countries that will kill women um, just simply for catching the eye of a man? Um, where are the, the open border types when there are countries that don't allow anyone to immigrate to their country? Instead, they're harassing the U.S. that last year they allowed at least 3 million people to come in legally and illegally. These are just a few examples of hypocritical ideologies of the left and why things like Black History Month really is truly racist. And you may agree with me and you may not agree with me, but would definitely love to hear from you on it. And of course, you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morgan I